0: Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joined today is a podcast host, Marine Corps veteran entrepreneur. It's Alondis Havens. How are you doing today, Alondas? I'm doing great, brother. Thank you
1: again for allowing me to
0: come on. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what did you like to do growing up?
1: Absolutely. So I'm from Fresno, California, originally. Um, I would say what I liked to do growing up was I was really into music. Uh, It was one of my escape, we'll say escapes from life uh, because my parents split up when I was uh, about three, four years old. They're 19, 21 at the time. So partying, doing bad, crazy things. And it was like music was the one that. I would lean to when I was scared, you know, when I'm upset and and kind of uh went through, but at the same time, like I really connected with people. So I always got in trouble. You tell everybody everything, you say too much. And it was like, no, it's not that. It's just I connected people because I feel that disconnection, you know, not close with family. Uh so it was just one of those where it's like, if I listen to music or I'm like, hey, check this out. And then you told me, then I would like you even more as a person because I'm like, bro, we both connect on this. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of how
0: it started for me with building friends what kind of music was your peak interest at? What kind of got you started to fall in love with music?
1: Ooh. So I would have to say it was more uh, classic rock for me. Um, okay. Well, excuse me. I'm more new metal. Cause it's like right after I was born. So I listened to new metal, but it was really like digging into Pink Floyd, for instance, in like listening to it. And you know, how a lot of people are like, Oh, it's too slow. Like, it was more understanding it. And then one of my friends had the the movie, uh, The Wall. So it was like listening to it. And then I was like, bro, like, I built a wall inside my brain to protect myself from other people that it's why, you know, I can't uh, process my emotions. So it was really like finding that figurative uh, parallel, which, you know, they go through, we go through. But in my case, mm-hmm. it was like, doing that inner work. Uh, so for me, I was listening to that, you know, then it was uh maybe listening to like Limp Bizkit. I originally didn't like them. Then I went back into it and it was like Black Sabbath. So it was like, I kind of got the best of both worlds and it was uh, researching it. But I found, you know, the older I went and the more I dug into it, then it was like, you know what? I actually connected this. Uh, I actually hated the Rolling Stones. <laughs> my, my grandfather loved them. He passes away and I'm like, all right, they're not too bad. You know And I go get a Rolling Stones tattoo. So one of those were like my
0: perspective on music changes over time. <laughs> No, I totally agree with that because growing up for me, my dad had drawers full of classic rock CDs and he would play them constantly. And I think for me, I've matured where I've enjoyed and I appreciate that music. So it's like Rush, Def Leppard, Bon Jovi, Pink Floyd, all those people where my generation, they're like, oh, what's Taylor Swift? Who's out now? And I'm like, I enjoy the old stuff, like 90, I, whenever anyone asks like, what's your favorite music? I always say 80s, 90s, early 2000s rock pop dance, because yeah. that's the style. That's what I enjoy. And that's the music I connected with. When you mention that you can connect with songs, are you looking at lyrics or do you kind of hear the lyrics and you're like, I understand that, but I want to know why they said that in the song.
1: Uh, it goes too. So I used to spend a lot of time on that cause like, uh, for instance, I lived with my dad and he wasn't there in the weekend. I lived in Fresno. Uh, he lived in Oakland. So two and a half hours away. And then he worked in San Francisco. So mm-hmm. he was at home during the week. So it was literally like me either smoking and doing something, uh, not necessarily stupid. I would just more smoke at that time, like to get through it. Cause I was super depressed and wanted to quit football. Cause I was at a division one school and getting my butt kicked every day in wrestling and, and kind of getting beat up by the team. So it was like, all these things were compiling to where it's like, originally it was just connecting with the vibe portion. And then it was looking in the lyrics, you know, looking more behind it, you know, listening to it, but it was, you know, certain things for me where it's like, we always have that like one Tupac lyric we repeat or something. Mm-hmm. In my case, it was like finding things that actually resonated with me and then being like that. And even when I started like my entrepreneurial journey um, for me growing up, like I loved 50 cent when he came out, like I felt like that was the greatest <laughs> thing ever, you know what I mean? And it was like reading his book and I'm like, Oh shit, I remember this. And and it was like, he took all his street knowledge and then put it into business. And that's how he knows our work with corporate America. So in my case, it was like learning a Brahma shit and, and, Uh, being resourceful, you Mm -hmm. know, to where it was like, uh, if someone wanted a bag of chips, I'd go to the store and be like, hey, bro, you have 10 bucks, give me two bucks, I'll do it for you. Then I buy something for myself. So it was like, learning all these things. And then just being like, hey, there isn't way out, you know, you just got to be able to, one, stay alive. And then two just be strategic with everything you do. Um, And with me, you know, that's exactly
0: what I was always leaning towards may have not made the best decisions, but got myself through a lot you talked about like being going through depression and smoking because of the battles that you faced with even sports talk about that experience did you like the idea of getting into sports but as you're getting into it practice games things like that it kind of lost your interest or that excitement anymore because it just didn't feel right
1: um so i I love sports i love competing and lifting weights and everything but I would say the reason why I stopped liking it is my dad would chew my ass out. So you're a piece of shit. You fucking suck. You know, um, a lot of times I would just black out eventually and just not pay attention. What do you have to say? Mm-hmm. So kind of like I lost a wrestling match. We get in a shouting match for everybody. I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. And then we get in the car and there's like gum on the ground and I'm like, Oh, there's gum. And I just totally like compartmentalize it. And don't even think about it. Cause I'm so used to it. So good thing is like when I went to the military, easy when they're yelling at me, cause I already know how to thrive under pressure know what to do i could read body languages like i know people so i can be able to read the room and know exactly how i need to act when i go in that room you know be myself not to um so it was one of those for me where it was like getting to that point in football um i got a concussion my last practice almost separated my shoulder twice in three weeks so it was one where it was like i don't want to do this anymore because i keep getting injured um not necessarily then i wanted to so end of the season i got hurt move on wrestling you know get my ass kicked um, It wasn't necessarily I wanted to quit wrestling. It was just I wanted to win so bad because I'm waking up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm going to the gym. uh, I'm working out like crazy. I'm cutting weight like crazy. So it was like to do all that and then to lose all the time was just demoralizing because it's like I put so much work into this and people don't realize it. But in my case, uh my competition was wrestling since they were three years old. So mm-hmm. it was just a gradual curve where it's like, bro, this is your second year. D1 school. I came from a D two school. So these kids are good. And then it's like having that external factor of my dad pushing me. Um, I eventually quit football because it was the summer going into my sophomore year. And if I would not have, I wouldn't move back with my mom. So I just quit it. And then I never really picked it up after that because I was focused on wrestling. Uh, but it wasn't, it was more uh trying to get through the last two years than, you know, oh, I can do this sport. So then I can be able to, to be happy. In my case, it was like, I'm going to wrestle year round. So it keeps me away from trouble and being home Two, you know, I like wrestling a lot more than football. Um, And I just felt that for me. So it was just like, I can do this year round versus like football, you know, and doing track. Um, And then two, it was just like, I clicked with it and it was something that I sucked at and eventually got better at. So it was more of like, I came from nothing type
0: deal. I didn't win for a whole year and a half. And then all of a sudden I start winning. What's the biggest thing sports taught you about yourself?
1: I would just say resiliency. Um, to add context, I've cut 28 pounds in three days for wrestling and, wow. uh, ran 16 miles a day my sophomore year in order to cut weight. Like I did all these crazy things, right? And it's one of those, like from a mindset point of view, like you can't break me. There's nothing you can do. So even when I'm going through boot camp, um, the, the whole working out portion, like, yeah, it was tough sometimes. Couple things that were, uh, there was like these high logs and yeah, I'm like five, five, eight. So I try to jump over <laughs> these logs. Yeah. That's just not happening. <laughs> so I fell, but I can climb ropes really well. Or I did 30 plus pull up. So it was like, some of my strengths were there. I'm not a good runner, but I was decent then uh, before I got hurt and tore the cartilage in my right knee, but it was, you know, having that mental drive and then like seeing people. And in my case, like that's where that ultra competitive happened to where it's like, people are complaining or like, I see a weakness and I'm like, boom, I got them. Like, They're not beating me because I've been wrestling. I've been there. Uh, We used to do 50-minute drill matches, which suck because you're just shooting. You're working on the technique for 50 minutes, and you're like, bro, I'm tired. And that's only 10 minutes in. So it's like really learning that depths of your body and pushing yourself. But two, it was like I was comfortable there. And in my case, it was like just black out. And then luckily, none of those times ever happened. Like I never pushed myself to that level. But it was, you know, having that to where like when shit sucks, like you're not going to beat me. I don't care what it is. You may win now, but in the future, you won't win. Um, and that's kind of where that was created was wrestling or sports younger got older and it was just like the the fact of winning i would lose a match and i'm out running miles again because i was upset at myself for not performing and then it got to the point where it was just like all right you need to be able to relax to sort of having more injuries uh going in to military definitely realized like you can't be powering through things did you ever feel like the underdog in any situation i i felt like it always uh I just felt like with life, so to add more context, um I was really the middle child. So oldest that my parents have, middle child when it comes to my family, because they're either two years older, two years younger. Older crowd didn't really hang out with me for family. Uh They were on their own thing, doing dumb shit. And then the younger ones, I couldn't stand them because my parents were tough with me. So mm-hmm. Cousins fuck with you. You better fight, you know, so it was like that plus environment of Fresno. Um, I stayed there. I was there till I was 10. So I was always fighting and even transferred to schools and I was still fighting, um, because that's what I knew. And that's what I was, was like, Hey, somebody you have a problem with, do it. So in my case, it was like not having that relationship and then feeling like I was alone all the time or everybody was against me. Um, I'm, I'm strong naturally, but sports didn't really come to me naturally. So football was like offensive line, but I was like, I don't want to play that. Mm-hmm. I played. I want to play defensive line. They're like, no, you're stronger. You go offensive line. So when I got older, you know, I was able to switch. But I always felt like I just wasn't that until, like, you know, I got better at wrestling and that. And then even in life, it was like people treated me the way they wanted to. So kind of like my parents, um, you can't establish boundaries. They're just people that. Don't believe it, and they just do whatever the fuck they want to do, regardless. And and that's just them as people, you know. And it's irritating because it's like I want them to respect me. I want this, and and that's one thing I learned from them was like they demand respect without even showing you respect first. So you're never going to be on their page because they want you to give them something they can't give you. Mm-hmm. And that was a lesson for me that I didn't really understand life. Like I'm like fuck that. You're going to demand to respect me, but it was you know respect's a two way street. So if you can be courteous to others, you can lead the way, then they're going to be able to see it with you. Then they can work with you. You will get those people that are tough as shit to work with. So it kind of was that, you know, it was going to the military. Um, I had a traumatic experience. My stepdad thought my mom was having an affair with my wrestling coach on bootleaf and almost shot him uh, within a centimeter from his face. So it was like my family turned on me after that. And uh, it was like, I was defending my mom, defending my mom. They took the other dude's side, my, my stepdad side and went over there and they're drinking with them. And like, I was just pissed, you know, I wanted vengeance. Um, And it it was one of the contributing factors of me drinking a lot. And it was just like, I did it all on my own, you know, moved away was sending money to mom, even bought my own house. And it's like, you know, you you can only go so far with being an underdog and then thinking like, Oh, I'm going to prove these motherfuckers wrong uh, that it gets to that point. So for me, it was like the more work I did on myself, I realized like, it's not about them. Like, I really don't care anymore. You know, I've got my own house. I have a daughter. I have a wife. Like, I got to be grateful for what I have because I didn't have this prior to. And that was kind of, you know, the underdog factor, plus really having a team that's dialed the fuck in with what they're doing, uh, allowed me to be able to realize
0: that for myself as well. Going off of what you said about being an underdog, I kind of view myself as that too, where I think people look at someone and think they already start judging, even if you don't do anything, especially with sports oh, you're not in fit shape. Oh, you don't look athletic, things like that. And then I always say, pick me last and you're just going to regret that decision. And then I go out there and I show, but even in the workplace, I think people judge you based on your previous experience or not even anything at all. And I tell myself, I go, it doesn't matter what these people think, you know what you're able to do and you're going to go out there and do it. And then you mentioned also the respect part. I think friendships, you see that a lot where it's a two-way street. 100%. If it's one-sided, I you don't want it that friend in your life. And I've experienced that. And it took me years to finally say and even admit that I need to let things go. Bro, I get you 100%
1: there. And yeah, workplace, man, I got out of the military. I was my own boss nineteen, twenty 19, 20 years old. And then I go to a mortgage, uh, I go to a home improvement company and everybody's like in their thirties, forties, fifties. So I'm the youngest one there. Other guys like 38. So me and him connect pretty cool, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, still one of my good friends to this day, but it's funny because it's like, that's the only one. So they treat me like in a kid. And then I go mm-hmm. to a mortgage brokerage. It's a fucking frat house in there. Like everybody's living on mommy and daddy's couch and you don't have a Mercedes. You're not cool. And I'm like, I don't really care. Like you can fuck off. You, you're not paying my bills. And they're like, what the hell is this guy's problem? He's just an asshole. And I'm like, nah, bro, like I've actually done shit. So it was like having that, you know, and then really realizing it, diving into it. um, And then even to the point, you know, where it was just like for a while, I was like I was starting to pick everything out of people mm-hmm. and getting irritated, but it was just like, bro, that isn't lying with me. Like when, when I was 16, I would go home uh, every day. I'll do my chores. i go to my friend's house because I didn't want to be home. Eventually ran into the problems and knew what was going to happen. Um, But one of my buddies, like he wanted to start fighting with me. Oh, you think you're better than me? You think this or that? I'm like, no, bro, I'm just outgrowing this place. Like, it's depressing as fuck. I have five friends that died from there. Um, Excuse me, four friends. So it's like, four good friends, you know, everybody's doing the same dumb shit over and over. And it's just like, how are you going to keep living this life yet complaining about it versus like, when you do better? And dude was like, Oh, you're a hater, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how am I hater? Like, bro, I slept on your couch. Like, I'm fucking grateful for that. You know, like, you guys had a meal for me, you guys took care of me. Like, I'm grateful for you guys providing for me, taking care of me. Like it's all love, but he thinks that it's me trying to act like I'm better. And I'm like, nah, bro. Like I did what I had to do to get better. And when you're on your journey and you're looking for those things, I can help you. But if not, and you want to play this victim shit and be like, oh, this or that, like I don't directly go out of my way just to fuck with you. Like, I don't care. I don't have the time for it. So it was one of those where it's like, that was difficult. was kind of separating it. Um, I had a lot of people who kind of switched sides and plus like the mom issue was, uh, difficult to go in certain things because people are saying like oh your mom's this and I'm about to start fighting again and it was realizing like hey you know you have to evolve as a person and then set that example uh, so others can be able to see you know it's not something that they're going to pick up right away maybe something that like eventually after a year's months then they're like oh shit maybe you're actually right on what you're saying and you're not full
0: of it or you're not just thinking you're so this or that. Looking at a fun question, we're sometimes asked, what's that dream job that we're wanting? If you had a blank path in front of you, what would that dream job been for you? Yeah, so so that's gonna actually on my 10 year plan, which I'm gonna get done a lot sooner
1: than that. I'm just labeling a 10 year <laughs> for now because I needed to develop a 10-year plan. Like this can this is gonna be carried out a lot further. Um, but what I really want to do and what's gonna happen in the future, kind of setting up the framework now. Um, is my podcast is The Winner's Paradigm. It's about recalibrating your mindset. So that's kind of the goal. I want to be able to um, have a community where we have events and go out there and then kind of have people with all these different stories. So business partner got out of prison, flipped his life around um, six figures and up, and then have all these other different speakers, veterans, not veterans, powerful women, and just kind of give it from different perspectives. I feel like that's one thing that what we lose track of today is like you either realize it from a perspective wise that we're very similar to other people. Um, even like my business partner, like getting out of prison is different than getting out the military, but a lot of things align plus the way I grew up, the way he grew up. Um, it kind of was funny with like some of the underlying principles or things were the same or the way we talk. So mm-hmm. give a floor to people, have an event and just really have this positivity and then be able to work with people you know who are currently going through it, trying to figure out their mindset and that um, I'm going to start working on even more, you know, I've been in psychological that, but I'm going to get into NLP a little bit, kind of learn more um, on how to be able to guide people, help them work through these situations. Cause I went through the same thing as well. So it's like, it's coming from that place where like, we're going to have all these people and we talk about the same thing. I put 10 years on it. This is going to come a lot sooner. You know, right now we have other things that we're trying to accomplish. Uh, but I feel like definitely the next couple of years, this could absolutely happen. Uh, my business partner had, an event in July, one of our other friends is like, Hey, man, when are we going to do one in California? You know, you you live an hour from LA, an hour from San Diego. We can be able to do it an either. And I'm like, That's actually genius, you know, to have it in two uh, large cities like that. Yeah. Cause I was like, Different demographics we can tap into, uh, both big airports you can be able to fly into.
0: So it's not going to be as, you know, costly as somewhere else that's rural. So I was like, Yeah, we definitely could. When you made the decision to go into the military, did you know what path you wanted to take? Which branch of service? So it kind of
1: goes into what we were saying earlier about the whole, you know, underdog and losing weight thing. Uh, So first I wanted to be a a medic and I wanted to go to the Navy. So I was like, I'm going to be a corpsman. So go to the Navy. My up score was too low. They're like, nope. And then the recruiter was fat. So I was just like, well you're fat <laughs> like oh. you're, you're you're fat you're not in shape and you're trying to tell me about my life and what i'm gonna do so i start getting pissed again because i'm like if you don't look like what i want to be and you are what i want to be like why the hell am i having a conversation with you so mm-hmm. it was just kind of that you know he's real nonchalant, a lot and i don't uh, that's not me as a person like it's funny it's like i'm always smiling and that but i'm on the go like my demeanor you pick people pick up on it i'm smiling but i get shit done so mm-hmm. it was one of those so army recruit comes by they try to get me to be uh an electrician with them. My mom's like, this sounds like a good, great dig for you. And I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good. And the Marine Corps recruiter, Hey man, you want to come work out with us? And I do it. I'm like, bro, this shit's easy. This is CrossFit. This is easy. I can do this all day. And like, yeah, then, then it was fun, you know, um, being cocky like that. Cause it made me pay for it, but it was just kind of the mindset behind it. And it was like, I want to be the best I can be. Again, I felt that my dad was a Marine, but he didn't get far in his career. Um, so it was one where it was like having the chip on my shoulder you're not a marine even some of the shit he says you know i check him on it other people i've talked to uh, but that's part of the problem with my family is like you can't ask questions directly you have to go from bits and pieces and source it from other people you're never gonna get it directly from the mouth and truthful from the mouth so in his case like uh he has some stuff he's going through so it was like learning it and being like all right you know he's obviously not a great candidate the things that he says doesn't make any sense so just realize that okay yeah he he went in. Do I believe he's a Marine? No, but that doesn't mean, you know, I'm not, I just need to be able to prove it. So wanted to prove myself did it. And then it was kind of like, you know, you do all the things. So what, and it still didn't bring me any more respect, any more notoriety until, you know, getting out and having other friends like that. But
0: from the people I wanted to prove it didn't do a jack, jack for them. Talk about the overall experience. What's the biggest thing you learned throughout that experience
1: of, of uh military? Yeah, I, w- I would just say it's all on you. I mean, it's typical of that to say it, but and, and it's cliche because a lot of times you'll hear people say that, like you spend too much energy being intentional doing the things you don't want to do than doing the things that you need to do. I mm-hmm. feel like that's a hundred percent, especially when it came to the military. Like it's so easy to do the do what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and to follow orders. Like you may not like it, and it may be fucking bullshit. You may be scrubbing. Uh, floors of the toothbrush because someone fucked up and it wasn't your fault. So it was like realizing like, yeah, you can do it, even though you don't want to, you know, preparing your clothes for the day before, you know, staying fit. Uh, For me, I always blew up and I would tape out, but it was, you know, creating that lifestyle instead of eating like a pig and drinking like crazy. And it was like getting smart with what I needed to do. So um, it always left back to me doing what I had to do and execute and stop bitching. Like I was going to school, you know, when, when outside of work. So it was like figuring out how I'm going to work this bachelor's degree, how to be able to write these 20 page papers, um, how to maneuver around it. If I didn't do it, you know, my Marines are going to pick up on that. So they're not going to do their job. If I'm playing on my phone. They're going to play on their phone. So it was like really setting that example, but it went into like, even one of my Marines, uh, he had the victim mentality and, Oh, what was me? And people look at me different. Like, bro, people look at me differently, but I don't give a single fuck anymore because Mm. their opinion doesn't matter to me. And I'm like, too, they don't pay my bills. So I do. So it was like showing the small little things, but it all went back to, you know, your perception of reality, your mentality, how you think about it. A lot of times we think about, oh, this fucking sucks. This sucks. Like I thought about that, but I was like, oh, I'm going to win. I'm going to get out of this. Uh, But I think definitely now, like even my my mindset now is completely different. So it would be, you know, being more positive going through those things. Then be like, bro, I hate it here. I hate it here. Being like, you know what? Hey, I'm glad to be alive one more day. It may suck, but we're going to get the things done that we don't want to do today.
0: Something you uh, mentioned throughout um, the interview so far is that you don't really care what people think about you, which I think is so important because when people think that, oh, you should act a certain way, you should look a certain way and things like that, it goes, I'm who I am. If I want to look how I want to be, if I want to act how I want to be, that's how I'm going to be. You can respect me for that. You can be my friend for that, but I'm not going to change just because of your opinion. And I think that's where you find the greater amount of friends in your life, the people that are important to you because they respect you and they like you for who you are. And when you get those people that don't, it changes your mindset in a way, and especially with the military, with not having experience, but just from you hear about things where... They want you to act a certain way, but you have to still have your own identity and who you are and your morals and ethics, because that plays a big effect in the outcomes of certain situations. Yeah, yeah, definitely
1: agree with you. Um, It's tough, but for me, it really went back to that, you know, and in it, you know, it was a lot of self-talk and and motivating Mm -hmm. myself because it was like. I left home. I'm sending money to mom, you know, uh, sometimes sent way too much money to where it was like it was difficult for me to mm-hmm. even have money. Uh, I got sent out to Yuma. <laughs> so I got to my unit for two weeks. They're like, oh, you want to have some fun? And I was just like, what? So they sent me to Yuma for two and a half months. I ended up getting there early. You know, one of the months they didn't pay me the extra incentive for food. And mm-hmm. I thought they were. So I sent my check home to my mom. And then I was just like, oh, shit. Well, what am I going to do? So it was like living off tuna packets, cereal. Uh, you had to pay at that one to like go eat at their cafeteria type deal. So it was one where it was like, I didn't want to make the hours cause uh, I work nights. So it was like going to the gym two thirty and then I want to eat after. So mm-hmm. I didn't really want to go in there, get this plus another dumb part about the Marine Corps compared to the other ones is like, they're so professional that you have to dress according to dress code to go to the like, cafeteria. I didn't want to do that. I'm like, bro, I'm tired of shit. I'm wearing sweats. I don't really care what anyone says. So I did my own thing, you know, figure that out there, but it was taking those small things and be like, yo, I got to make this work. I got to do that. Um, I had all these things going on to where it was like, I couldn't depend on anybody else. You know mm-hmm. Um, my mom asked my ex girlfriend for money and it was like developing all these things. And part of it, you know, growing up as well was I had to be the parent to my parents. So it was really like doing that, telling them, Hey, this is how you should act. This is how having arguments with them when I got older. And I was like, bro, like you guys think this way you're, do whatever the fuck you want. I'm like, that's not how it is. You can't just treat people. However, you know, you can't think you're the greatest parent and, and Oh, I'll buy you this. Like, no, like you, you can't, you gotta be a good person and human being, but the way their concept is and who their identity is and what they thought is different. So it all went back to that same thing. Like no matter what I try to go from or how I try to act or how I thought about people, like, It always went into like me executing and doing what I got to do. And then two, it was like, well, you say that you're always alone and you do everything on your own and no matter what. So it was like, I've always kind of been that way. You know, I try to navigate through problems and and be Mm -hmm. peaceful and didn't have money. didn't have food. I figured it out. So it was like, figuring out like what's going to work for me and then doing it. And in my case, like I was always doing that growing up. So it was a little bit easier. It was like, I just got in that mode and went through and spent the hours in the gym. But uh, it was kind of like learning those small things, you know, don't text anybody for two weeks. See who texts you. I had one person. All right, cool. Now I know where we stand. It's not that I know where we stand in a negative way. Like, no, I just know at this time who I'm talking to and who I'm not. So I just focused the energy on that focus
0: on who I wanted to be around um, and slowly started, you know, changing those things. I wonder if I did that with my friends, if I didn't text them for two weeks, who would actually respond? Right. Like, it, it's it's crazy because I mean, so it works and doesn't, you
1: know, you do have those yeah. great friends. Like I got one friend, Alan, and I sleep on his couch all the time. We don't talk every single day. He Snapchats me and I Snapchat him, but it's one of those, like, he's up two o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I'm like, bro, why the hell are you up this late? Like, I'm not, <laughs> I go to sleep at nine. I wake up at three to go to the gym, you know? So I'm like, I don't, so it's like, we, we talk occasionally, but it definitely tells you, um, that, and then too, you can kind of see the quality of conversation too. So if someone yep. needs something that, you know, I just found it was like all these extra people that I had that I thought were friends or thought they were this. And then it kind of was that, you know, even when I stopped drinking, uh, was another factor of like, you're a square, you're boring. You just want to talk about self-improvement, your podcast or not even my podcast. Cause I, I didn't go out then. Uh, but it was like, you want to talk about school and da 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 da, And I'm like, now I'm just like so involved in what I'm doing. I really don't want to do it and even stop drinking. It was like getting healthier. So it's like, how could I really tell somebody? Um, and this is another thing I kind of have a problem with with entrepreneurs right now. It's like if entrepreneurs think of themselves as one way and think that they're this great of a person, but then their physical shape or somewhere else in their life, they're not measuring. Like that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And I understand, you know, that we can say whatever you want, you know, to make ourselves feel good, but it's not, you know, if you're working 80 hours on your business and you're not spending time with your family, it's a problem. And it's one of those where it's like, I had to make sure for myself, I can be able to do the same thing. If I'm talking about, oh, you need to get in the gym, you need to put the work in and then I can't do it. Like who the hell am I? So it was another that allowed me to do that. And even like having conversations with other entrepreneurs, like you could pick that shit up quick where got on the other day, homeboy thought he was crazy. I'm better than you. And that. I was like, bro, I don't want to do business with you. Like, why am I going to talk to somebody who thinks he's on this pedestal? But what have you shown to me? And in his case, like a guru told him, you're not physically fit. You're fat. You need to lose weight. He got his feelings hurt. And I'm like, you can't get upset. Like the guru's been there, done that. He's checked off all those areas of his life. You're asking him for help. You pay him excess amount of money to be in his group a month. He's obviously saying something that's right. The dude didn't like it. So I took that to myself and I'm like, bro, I got to work even harder because how am I going to be having the podcast, talking, starting a second podcast, trying to be a good dad, good husband, if I don't even do it and invest into myself?
0: I agree because I think a lot of people talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk in a way where they talk about they're going to do something or they're doing it. And then when you actually dig into it and they're not doing it at all, like if you're going to tell me advice about my show, but you're not even a podcast host. You have no, nothing related to podcasts. Why am I going to respect your opinion? You're in a, like, I want to have someone that has been through the struggle, through the challenges that can really teach me about those things. I'll well, listen, but I'm not going to take it. Yeah, and
1: I'm sorry about that. That's exactly what it was with that client. And that's what, uh, so to add context, um, I started a, Media company with my business partner now, Zach Babcock. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been amazing through there. We do Spotify ads. So if someone had um, an ad that they wanted, we'd have a graphics team, we'd get the professional voiceover artist, we'd have them record it, we'll put it to your ad, which would link it back to your podcast, uh, landing page, whatever you wanted. So boom there. We get you on shows that resonate with your message, get guests for you if that's what you wanted to do, to tap into your ideal guests so you can do business and whatever. Um, and then the third thing is is I'm starting out reels that we're doing in. So that's slowly coming on. Uh, but the client was telling me like, how do I be able to monetize my podcast? How could I do this? I'm like, you want to know how? And I knew he was going to get upset because he kept telling me, I don't have time in this podcast and I'm going to do it organically. And he's telling me that he wants to grow his podcast organically, but he's not putting the work in. So he's telling me yep. that. I'm I'm doing, uh I work till 11 p.m. every single day with my family. I don't get to spend, I work till 11 p.m. every day. I don't spend time with my family. Strike two. So you just told me two things that you're not measuring in life. And mm-hmm. then he said, I'm like, well- three to five podcasts a week for a year. That's going to grow your brand. That's going to do it organically. Why do we run ad campaigns? So we can expedite that process for you. We can get you in touch with the right people so you can have that killer content. You can have the reels. You can be able to have that ad that's streaming to your offer, to your book, to whatever you want. But I'm like, it just makes it easier on you. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're at that point in your business, you want to allocate that um, as your investor for marketing, boom, we're got you. And he was just like, no, I can do it my own. I'm like, well, you just said you're not doing the work. Uh, So I just went back again with the question. I'm like, so what are you doing right now? Like, what's your process of getting on podcast? I'm like, okay, so you're telling me you're stopping yourself from doing it. And now you're disrespecting other people. And I was like, so I don't want to work with you. Like, no, no, no. Uh, Sell me it. Like, this is your chance to sell me, you know, try to be controlling. And I was just like, yeah, bro, I'm good. Like there isn't a world I want to from core value standpoint, because you think of this and and are
0: here. And I'm like, nah, bro, like, this is exactly how we're going to see it. This is how it can be able to work out. It's like two mission statements that don't go together. And it's like, he wants his mission statement to align with your mission statement, but they just don't work. And yeah, it, that's exactly what it was. Like, I don't even know,
1: excuse me. No, he just thought, cause he's a finance guy, maybe that he was better or something, uh, but it was one where his ego was up here and then he was down here. So like he was shitting on my, my business partner. So that's why I was like, bro, fuck out of here. You know, And he's just oh. like, Oh, you know, Zach and, and he, he, uh, recorded with, with, um, Patrick bet David and, and John Lee Dumas and all these top podcast guys. And he's flew all over the world. Like he just does that for notoriety. He doesn't do it for impact. And I'm like, bro, like, why are you being a hater for? Like, he does it for his own thing. Like this man went to prison, flipped his life around. He's asking the millionaires, the entrepreneurs who've been there, done that. Hey, how did you do it? Builds relationships. And I'm like, that man's so dialed in. And I was like, you want to run your mouth, but you've never met him in person. I was like, I flew out mm-hmm. to St. Louis in July to meet him. Nicest guy I've ever met. Um, he he does that for a couple reasons, but just really down to earth, you know. And I was like, that's the older brother I ever had. So. Yeah, you can you can kind of see it, and he's real tatted up. So that's another assumption people make because he's a hard ass dude's not even like that. Like cool dude, you know the way he presents himself and that, and that's another way you know uh, for me as I need a lot articulate. Someone's saying, yeah, real good dude, but it's like okay, what are they? You know what kind of values they stand for? I'm like man, I aspire to be like this guy. Like he puts time for his family. He journals. He he's talked about that. You know of. Um, meditating and journaling. He's helped me there getting better in fitness and all these areas of life. Cause how do you call yourself an entrepreneur and say, you're really killing it. You know, if you don't go to your kid's football games or mm-hmm. you don't be present in the moment when you have it. So it was like learning all these things. And that's why I told the client like, yeah, I want to do nothing business related with you. Um, and he's like, well, I have a great network. I just don't like tapping into it. I'm like, oh, so you guys are okay with having the knowledge, but not wanting to share it with other people yet. You said you wanted to make impact
0: for your podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> When you were getting done with the military, that biggest transition is going back to civilian life and kind of getting back to the job because a lot of times veterans have that strict structure. Were you nervous about that transition where you had to go get a job? You had to kind of live your life.
1: So, no. Uh, I'm going to say no. The reason why I say no is, is, is right away... And it kind of goes into my personality. Um, I, I achieve a lot. And the reason why is I expect a lot of myself. Mm-hmm. And it's because I know what I can do, you know. So I'm always pushing myself hard. And it's part of that, you know, knowing where I come from and not wanting to go back and being like, hey, I need to become a better person in all areas of life. So when it came to getting out, I was like, bro, I got this shit. I'm going to go into home improvement sales, 100% commission. Good thing. I made seven G's in one month, bro. That was like the wow. fucking greatest month ever. We were buying <laughs> shit in that. Next two months, nothing. Uh, they didn't update the price book. I sold deals. They're telling me now you got to call the client and be able to change the deal upsell it. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, and it was one of those where like core values wasn't aligning. Eventually quit um, mortgage brokerage. And it was that, you know, so it was like always pushing a lot to not take a step and realize that's not aligning with me. Mortgage brokers failed my exam three times. And I'm like, bro, I've never failed anything in my life besides like chemistry. Um, So I'm like, (laughs) how like this shit doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Our geometry, that's the only math class I've never not got. Like I passed calculus, but I can't do geometry. So fun fact. And um, I was just like going through it then. And then my grandfather died Well, my grandfather died prior to, and he kind of was the one who always, like, swooped in my life and took care of me and just um, – he was real peaceful, so I hated that he would be like, that's your dad, that's your mom and, and that. But last year of life, we got really close. When I was deployed, he would text me, and that was Dodgers Astros, and he's like, oh, here's the score, that. that." So it was, like, cool having that because I wasn't going to be up at 2 a.m. watching a game out there. Um, and he would send me the clip, so it was like he was my person. He dies, I'm really fucking going through. Because I have my father-in-law, but it's one of those where it's like, I don't feel like I want to tell him all these things, too, yeah. out of fear. Um, I had, a, like I said, now five friends that died, grandfather that died. So don't really want to invest into people because it's one of those where it's like, if you die, bro, I'm going to be here all by myself again, hating God. Um, so it was really like processing that. And I think that's where it kind of clicked for me. And then, you know, going, I was helping veterans after, you um, rewarding but nanny moves to minnesota i'm telling them hey i'm working 68 80 hours here's my corrective action plan they're like is your heart still in it do you still want to do this so it was cool like going back to zach and that's how we started um, that group was so i was in his monthly coaching calls and that's how we started our business but it was you know finally when i started doing more inner work and then like actually educating myself and reading and putting more time into myself where i'm like bro this is so freeing like yes, I do work in my business and I need to manifest all these things and I have all these things I need to get done. And I take care of the little one while I have interviews and it may be stressful, right? But I'm more aligned to it. And like when I'm with you here, I'm with you hundred percent. So mm-hmm. when we're talking and I'm like, yeah, man, like this is what I'm doing. This is how I felt, This is, how I've got better versus talking about some job where I'm like, yeah, bro, I just really sat here doing the quiet quitting, because I did that a lot of time where I'm like, bro, I hit my quota. Like I'm not doing shit today versus now for my business where I'm like, yeah, I can always do a little bit even if I don't want to or I'm not going to be directly in sales one day. Um, I'm learning real. So I did a whole day on editing. Actually had a lot of fun doing that. And I'm like, all right, I'm not as bad as
0: as I thought, but it was something that I was able to learn at. I loved how you were able to, no matter like if at a job or you found ways to learn more. And I think I'm the same way where, If I don't know it, I'm going to find a way to know how to do it. Because no one's 100% knows everything. And there's always something out there that we can always learn and get better at. And I will say, I'm not the greatest at editing, but that ain't going to stop me. I'm going to still try and keep learning. Thank goodness for YouTube. YouTube is a lifesaver in those situations. I've spent so much time like, I did that
1: yesterday and I had like three different windows open and searching like Adobe Premiere and what to do. And I'm like, bro, like I was happy that I got through it hours later and the hours flew by. It wasn't one of those where I'm like pulling my hair off that I don't have, Uh, but it was (laughs) one where I was just like, all right. And I got done with it. I'm like, all right, cool. Mission accomplished. Like took seven hours, but it will get better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For someone that's listening to this interview and they're getting into entrepreneurship, what do you tell them to make that first step? Because usually that first step is the hardest step for someone that wants to go after it. See, I was going to say go all in,
1: but that's very difficult to do, especially with the income stream. And even uh, for me, like I'm always still striving at that, you know, and manifesting mm. that because it's never something you don't want to go with that survival mindset. But I'll just say get your core core values done on paper. Uh, first thing means acted together, working together, and it just really allowed me to be able to see who I am as a person. What what am I doing? So I'm in my uh, uh, action plan, true to self, uh, self reflection. Like I'm gonna look myself in the mirror, be like, Hey, do I look good? How's my face? <laughs> you know, um, do I look tired? Because I have a thing where I like to sleep fucking four hours. It's just one of the things I do when I keep pushing, and then I get too tired, and then I waste two days or a day sleeping. Um, so it's one where it's like, hey, you know, you got to look after yourself, self-reflection. Um, was I being transparent with you? Was I holding myself to a standard and being like, hey, this happened or talking about those things, um, talking about, hey, you know, uh, was thinking about drinking or, or whatever it may be that I'm going back into and just be real with people on that level. Um, and then it was... Uh, learning an application. So like, I can read the books, I can have the conversation with you. But if I don't take one thing from you, that's going to allow me to take that next step in life. Like, how am I going to be able to uh, say that I'm the man I am, if I just keep going through these books, these people not really investing anything into it, and then wasting time versus, you know, me and you have the conversation, I'm like, bro, you're really cool. I love your podcast. Mm-hmm. Awesome job, by the way, any books you recommend? Oh, read this book. Okay, cool. I already have it. All right, well, I'll read it. And then we have that thing to bond on. Uh, Or it's just like learning one thing from the conversation. So it was one for me correcting core values, excuse me, get them on a piece of paper, you know, figure out what works for you. And even making in that uh, four step plan just allowed me to be able to elevate my game. Because I always like thought about that, you know, thought about tough client, does that embody what I'm trying to do, what I do as a person. Um, Are they going to be trusting me or are they going to be looking over my shoulder? Hey, man, what's this? What are the metrics? What are this? And I'm like, all right, well, now I need to do a better job and be able to figure out and be able to show proven uh, facts, even though sometimes it does seem kind of sketch. So it was like getting that for the client and then being able to go further. Uh, When the core values were there, it was something where it's like, hey, man, like we generally want to make a good impact. We want to work Mm -hmm. together. This is why, because we universally want the same thing. It's kind of like why me and you are having a great conversation. We're talking about underdogs and and accomplishing. And it's like all the things go back to like me and you getting each other on a personal level and being like, all right, you know, more or less, we agree on similar things. So we're going to be able to have a conversation where it's like providing value versus the whole time uh, being confrontational. Not those episodes are bad. You know, it's some people where you guys have two different opinions, but it's just the way that you guys convey your message and articulate it to each other.
0: I think a lot of people, they have s- similar ideas of a topic, but they have different viewpoints on it. And I think that always makes great conversations because it shows that we all have different opinions, but we're able to express it in a good way. Something I want to talk about that's close to you is being a father. When you have those moments, what's a fun moment you've had being a father?
1: I would say like watching my little one grow up. So she's almost 10 months now. Um, she's hilarious because with mom, she's, uh, needy and, and wants the cuddles. And with dad, she's independent. So from I I can't even remember how small she was, maybe like two months. Um, I would lay her down and I'd give her a blanket and she'd pull the blanket over and she'd roll over and (laughs) put the pacifier back in her mouth. She was like three months. She put the pacifier back in her mouth. And like, she was just on her own thing versus like some days, like she wants me to cuddle with her or she loves playing or she's always saying like dad, dad. So it's like seeing that and then be like all right you know i'm finally able to be a dad because we had two miscarriages as well so that was uh very difficult to go through but it was like i'm finally able to be a dad and then just love being a dad it's not like uh anything else like i'm really working on myself so it's one of those where it's like i've came a long way and then mm. just respecting and honoring the journey and being like you know what i'm glad to be able to be a dad today but that everything worked out the way it did. So I can be able to be present. So, you know, I'm not in this path or, or something else that's prohibiting me from doing the best I can be. I'm able to be here, be like, Hey, I love my wife, love my daughter. I strive to be better and live up to that. You know, no matter what comes up, I'm still like, no, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is why I do it. Um, so it just give me more perspective. A lot of me to be more grateful.
0: So what does the future look like for you? What are you hoping to accomplish in the next few years, both personally and professionally?
1: Good one. And this is another question uh, traditionally do not like, because lately you've been accomplishing a lot faster than what I <laughs> thought I would. I thought I wouldn't have my business to home thirties and yeah, I already have a business. So it was one of those for me where it's like, stop labeling that. That's why I say 10 year plan, getting that uh, done sooner, but yeah. In the, you, what will happen, we'll say, whether it's in the 10 year plan or the two year plan um, have the events, you know, have people travel out there to connect on that personal level, talk about mindset that, you know, not really have it as, uh, like some of those raw, rock courses where they're like, ah, and David Goggins. And no, like talk to people in personal level. All right, let's connect. Let's have this hour um to be able to jump on these things. You know, let's talk about how we can be able to do this. Anybody who's, you know, entrepreneur jumping into business, how do you need to make money so you can be able to do this? Well, veterans, I got you exclusively. So we'll talk here. um Everyone else, you know, I can be able to tell you here just because veterans, they can do benefits. and And then that's another way to get their leg up that traditionally people don't have so they can go to school in just take a class, you know, get a C, you get paid. So it's like one of those where it's like you can pay, you can set it up. So that's kind of my goal is to be able to give people the upper hand. It's mm-hmm. so where it's like, hey, if you're here and then here's some actionable steps you can take for your business. For that, we will have the media uh run have the reels going. So just really connect to people to be able to make their impact. Uh but more importantly, you know, give them time back. Because I know that's the biggest thing. Like I said, you know, take care of the little one. Um my my thing is is make a thing easier for other people. So if we can help you, you know, promote your brand, get you in alignment with people, you know, get some killer content, absolutely. Cause then, you know, you're gonna be happier your person, you're gonna be able to relay that on to your kids, your coworkers, mm-hmm. your friends, um, because you're in alignment with what you're doing. You know, you don't have too much on your plate. Uh I do that, you know, I I put way too much on my plate. So when I was able to simplify and be like, hey, this is what I do. Um, for instance, my wife's not here, they want to go with family and in plan for the birthday party i'm like all right cool i'm gonna jump on podcasts and spend more of my time like connecting with other people and and jamming on that personal level
0: the final question i'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge
1: that's a great question brother i love it uh so I will add, uh, normally I would say core values again, and and just really do it. But I would just say, take time to think yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my coach slash good friend, Nick Wingo, um, he's always saying that, you know, be grateful, but give yourself some grace, because we always like, I'm stupid, I'm this like, affirmations are everything, you know, what you tell yourself is true, and you're going to manifest it. But it was something I felt deeper whenever I realized it was like, man, I really got here. Like realizing like I got a house, like I got a house. All right, cool. Uh, some people that may not be a big deal. And I used to not think it's a big deal for Scott. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, keep pushing, pushing, pushing. But it was awesome. I was like, bro, you made it here. You did this. You're mm-hmm. not sleeping on the street. You know, you're not going through anything like that. Just be appreciative. You got a healthy daughter. You got four dogs that can run around in here. We're not in a condo anymore. So it was like looking at those small things, uh, not getting, you know, Karen complaints from my neighbor in the, in the condo pissing us off. And then now we're having more problems, you know, with people. And yeah, so it was one where uh, as long as I just got more grateful with it and then was able to realize that, you know, in my relationship with that, like, bro, I just met this exact, like for instance, like really fucking cool, dude. Uh, I'm grateful for that. You know, that's something that I never thought would accomplish would mean him just be hanging out together and then talking on a personal level. And my, my quote is his favorite quote. And then I realized like, all right, cool. You know, we have more things in common. So um, being grateful allowed me to connect people on that deeper level. But two, it just comes out in your emotions, the way you speak and other people are going to read that well as well.
0: Well, Alondis, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you again. It was an honor. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe to all major audio platforms. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to the full length of the video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.